0: my name is nicole brant um this is my second episode for my podcast um relating to healing um yourself and loving yourself and incorporating intergenerational trauma um to unpack your childhood pain and conditioning and to um becoming and loving the person that you always wanted to be um great so originally I was going to talk about intergenerational pain transfer and that's a lot to unpack um to be honest that's a lot of information and it can get really complex and I want to have this podcast um talk about um Things that are not particularly based on my full experience that I can make it that it's using my experience to help you understand and unpack these issues. But I first and foremost want to make this more so about knowledge and truth and, and not making it so much more about my life and my story. Um... So I guess I want to center around right now, for this episode, it's going to be about um, helping women unpack their mother wound. Um, people say like there's daddy issues and there's, a, and there's women's relationship with men can affect their dating life going forward, which is very true. But I think there's something to be said for women that have struggled with their relationship with their mother. Um, mother, being a mother is, is probably the best thing you could ever be in your entire life, but that being a case, it's a big responsibility, and not every woman has had um, the best relationship with their mother, and it's not the fault of their mother or anything, it's just everyone was given a delta cards, and some people struggled and that was passed down, and so most of my focus and most of my love mental health has been coming from me researching you know the ways as a kid I felt so much pain a lot of that was from um my mother wound and never having a mom and I've always been on this constant constant quest for self-identity and for finding this motherly love and it wasn't until I really started giving myself that motherly love and I did a lot of um self-mothering techniques. And I think for a lot of women and men, but this will be for women, um, unpacking that wound and really understanding what that means for us as women and as people. And for me, I think I came from um, a family of women, um, academics and um, business women. So my family lineage, there's not a lot of normal stay-at-home moms nurturing mom mother types at all Um, my lineage is very much business and academic um very stoic uh, and then besides my grandmother which is a different situation but for the most part um my mom's my mom mother direct side and then my dad's side was a lot of they were a lot of academics and business women career women in the 80s and at least 21st century woman. So growing up, I never had like a nurturer. And I think for me, it manifested in two ways. Um, it became either one or the other. I either became very masculine, very results driven, you know, very how my mom was intense. Um, to the point, aggressive, which is nothing against her. My mom is her own person, and she's has her faults, that's to be said, but she is brilliant in her own way, and I do value that in women, um, the women that have the ability to think on their feet and to act accordingly, and sometimes women can have that confidence that is better than men, or certain men are not better, but can perform the same standard as men, and that's great, but for me, I think and within my lineage, what really was missing was a nurturer, and I think for me as a young girl, I was very nurturing and always babysat, and when I went to college, I felt like I had to please my mother and become the athlete, and... As executive and everything and it it overwhelms me because it wasn't authentically who I was it was something that was forced upon me from you know a general and I don't want to say generational pain because I think my mom really was that person and she had nurturing sides but I think it's now like that we are in the 21st century it's as women it's learning how to be both those people And choosing if you're more one side or the other side, that you can pick those two dichotomies and it's not, there's no shame. There's some women that really want to stay home with children and that's great. There's some women that want to have kids but want to have a career and they try to juggle it all. It's hard though, it's not an easy thing, but you can do it. And there's some women that don't want kids and all they care about is their career and more power to them. But I do think unpacking these issues um, as women And being honest with ourselves about what we want will save our souls. Um, I think, I am a a strong-willed woman. I, as you can tell, have no fear of stating my truth by all means. But um, I'm at a point, 26, where I have to be very honest with myself what I want. Um, And that's not a conversation I think anyone our age wants to have. Um, I think... We want to go through society and plow through, and we don't want to sit back and really question what our main goal is. What's what would really make us happy? And I love now that there is a freedom for women to be the executive, be the CEO, and for women, uh, this is the first time this has ever been attainable. And for that, I think it's amazing. And for so many women, for so many generations that have been oppressed and have been sexualized and have been hurt um, by the patriarchy that has been around for the last 50 years. This is a breakthrough and I never wanna take away those women's breakthrough and their and their stardom. But there has to be a conversation about the nuancedness of women and men and how we all want to interact in society that can be beneficial for everyone. And I think most people are, are intuitive enough to know how to interact and be in, and not take these dichotomies and these labels and this intense state of polarization hard, but some aren't. And so, you know, I think giving people a space that are that are confusing, especially women that are confused. You know, I, I came from a career household. I didn't come home, I never had a stay-at-home mom, but it hurt me not having a stay-at-home mom. It was really, really sad and it was really hard. And if, I definitely think my childhood would have been nicer if I had a stay-at-home mom and that was loving that was nurturing not saying my mom was not a good person and she didn't have those some of those qualities but I think she was forced to do something she never wanted to do either and women like sometimes we're our own biggest enemies you know like at one moment we say we want a career the next moment we say you want a man the next moment we're doing this it's like I think there has to be a real conversation about truth and reality. And women, we can do everything, but we can't have everything. If you want the great life and the kids, you're going to give something up with parenting, having a career. You're going to, you're, it's something's going to fall out of place and you can't help it. It's, you only have a certain amount of energy to give in your life and you can choose either one or the other and you luckily enough you have that choice and that's great and that's the freedom of being a woman but don't think you're going to be a 100% mother and a 100% career woman or you know there's also ways that you can do both you can have your own career that's work from home that's you know something that can work with it with raising a child and that's great but There has to be some more adaptive models for women in having a career that I think can be more realistic. Um, And I'm not saying that we need to totally transform the corporate world for women, because I think that's unfair because it always should be about productivity. But having women make places where they're able to unpack all these issues and talk about the nuances of being a mother, being a career professional, can you do both? Can you choose those? Can you, do you get to choose one or the other? Is there a way to be spiritually happy and be happy in your career? And there's just so many things I think with women that you have to unpack. And I do think um, the breakthrough that happened for me and why I feel so confident making this post is because everything I have been, I have been as a person the last 10 years is someone I had never wanted to be it just kind of happened. And I, one day I realized that I wanted to change because I wanted to live, I wanted to be an authentic human being. And through that change, I realized my choices and, you know, what's happy for you spiritually might not be happy for your career or what's good for your career may not be good spiritually or it just, it just kind of really having the ability to say, look, what do what do I want? I can make good money if I really do this efficiently, but I might lose my spirit and I might lose my soul. Or do you choose your soul and then, you know, you could accidentally be struggling for your entire life for money, but your soul will be alive and you'll be connected and maybe you change your lifestyle and you work around it and you do what you what you think that's soul driven and for some women their dream is to have kids and be a wife and women should have that dream if that's their dream and I don't think people should be shamed for feeling that as women we were all about right finding women's liberation that we all have the chance to be whoever we want to be and we're there um i still think there is some matriarch or patriarchal major um, patriarchal systems and higher corporate management but i don't think i mean as women we're smart we're able to work around it like, i don't think that we should limit ourselves by immediately assuming that we're oppressed instead of teaching men how to work with us and not against us and not against them you know it, i i I have the biggest problem with everything right now is making women feel like they have to be polarized. They either have to be for a woman's strength or they have to be, you know, disassociated from the movement. Because I think there can be a new movement and a movement that we um, make for ourselves. I love to be feminine and I love to be have my vulnerability shown. But I also love to have my strength at the same time and I I think both can coexist and I think that's up for us to make each other comfortable enough that it can coexist because women let's be honest our biggest enemy is each other (laughs) and I think if you really believe in yourself you can do anything you set your mind to and you have to believe you can do it but this 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 division um And it's class-based, it's social-economic-based. There's so many ways that it is an impact that we really need to talk about before we start shaming each other, and that's on both sides. That's the stay-at-home mom that's shaming the feminist and the feminist shaming the stay-at-home mom. Both have vital um, cultural uh, growth, and I think if we come together... It can be a really great, strong group of women, all in different ways and all symbiotically connected um, from where each woman's strengths lie. Just like men are nuanced, just like women are nuanced, when people are, people are nuanced. And I wouldn't, you know, be hard on yourself either way of what you choose, but normalizing the right to make that choice from a real place of understanding great that was a lot it was a little bit of a ramble but um it's really about i guess understanding where we're at as millennial women um and understanding um just kind of the intergenerational trauma that we've gone through on different sides of the spectrum i guess if you're in texas like how i grew up with most women you saw strength being married and having a kid by the time you're 20 where I grew up I saw strength and being a corporate CEO, but for giving, giving up your sanity, your mental health, your soul, your relationship with your children, relationship with your husband, but you made it. You're a corporate exec. There has to be a middle ground. There has to be something where you, we can grow together, both the feminist and the stay-at-home moms and everyone in between. Um, because if we don't, I think we'll lose the beauty of women, both corporate, both domestic, both spiritually and create and and the creatives. And I think we're all very powerful. And I think if we come together and give each person, each different identity, empathy, um, we can become better people, better women, and we can help, um, so much of society grow and heal. Great. Um, this is nicole prant nicole (laughs) prant every time i say that name it's weird but it's nicole prant and that ends my podcast talking about the beauty of um women healing the mother wound and coming together as women from both sides of the spectrum and teaching each other how to grow and where we lack and where we gain and so we all can become holistic women that will be able to make a new frontier for both women's rights men's rights and dog rights (laughs) all right great have a good day um and i'm probably no one's listening to this but if i have 15 followers i'm gonna try to probably hire a marketing manager i rather this where i'm at right now mentally i think i tried to do my book and stuff before and i wasn't it wasn't the most mentally sound to do that, so now I think I am and I want to start with this medium and then once the time is right, I will draft the book I want to publish and we'll go from there, but I had to kind of nix it because I didn't think I was ready to do it yet and I want it to be the most authentically Nicole substance in literature that can exist and at that time it was not. I'm getting closer and closer to that every day, so hopefully you'll be soon. All right, great, thanks. This is Nicole from 150 Roses, and I hope you have a great day. Okay, bye. Nicole Brandt, <laughs> with my third episode of um, 150 Roses. It's Monday and it's the quarantine. Um, I'm in New York City. My roommate's in Idaho, so I'm all by myself. It was super eerie today because it was raining and then um, to quarantine, so there's just like no one on the streets, which is so bizarre for New York City. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it was an interesting day. Um, and on my run, I was on a run, and like something came to my brain. Um, what yeah. I want to talk about, Gracie, stop what I want to talk about. Um, and it was about um, identity, and uh, identity is. It's so weird for me because I've never really had like a finite identity. Um, It's always been, you know, growing up in Texas, you know, grandfather from Iran, mom overseas, dad from the Midwest. So I've always like had to adapt to other cultures. And I never have been able to just be like not having to understand cultural norms of somewhere else that I can just literally be myself and people just kind of respond to what you present I'm living in New York the past year like all the weird I don't know how to say it like facades or like cultural norms I have with you know different parts of the midwest and parts of the south like the pleasantries like in New York like there's just no there's like no pleasantries so I've been able to just really unpack like my true identity. And it's honestly been so great. Um, and as I'm unpacking that, as on this running day, I realized that who I was the last, you know, most of college and like later high school was was totally um, part of my false persona, false ego. And because I it took me a long time to really accept what happened in college because it was so shameful and I have a lot of embarrassment from it, um, honestly. And anyone who's listening to this podcast from college, God bless your soul. <laughs> I was a I was a lot. I was a lot in college. And um and that being said, I there was a lot of shame I, I carried for almost two years like after college, because of just how I was so uncharacteristic to like my truest self, and um but like not like i i i I really realized too, in this run where like I was thinking about identity and like you know part of me always feels like I have to like be you know like i know i I don't have to be that girl, I don't have to hate her either. I think that was what was so hard after college was when I went through this whole, like, mental, like, most depressed, like, a mental breakdown, and, like, I became not the best person to be around at all. And after college, unpacking it, and all the bad relationships and failed friendships and just kind of the mess I made in college, um, I wanted to run away from it, and I just felt so shameful. I sat in a lot of shame, and... I realized on this run that I, today and other times I have as well, but I realized I couldn't shame her anymore, that I had to forgive her. And this is when I think the biggest breakthroughs I've had is with any anyone that has any insecurity issues or went through a bad time or had a bad year. We all have things that we're ashamed of or people that we were once ashamed of. and. um having ability i think was this, like where i found a lot of this like self-mothering from me was when i decide you know what nicole like we're going to have to forgive her we don't know what was said you can't really apologize your way out of it you know what is done is done you dealt your cards you, you did the best you could for what you, for the tools you had in the shed box you know and you got to move on and once I told myself that okay you have to move on you have no choice you can sit here and dwell on your shame and how you with what was done is done you know people's opinions of you are are where they lay and um it was so freeing because I was allowed to be who I truly am and who I want to be and who I'm proud of being and it was great and I realized um what was missing because I wasn't always bad in college. I just had some real, a really bad year and some pretty bad moments. And I think sometimes I was mean. Um, And I didn't mean to be mean, but I was mean. And um, coming out of it and accepting it for what it is and trying to rebuild myself from the ground up, um, I realized that most of the time, all that icky, gross stuff I didn't like about myself was protecting myself from my vulnerability, my true vulnerability um, of me being a little bit incompetent, like a little bit dorky. Um, I'm very artistic. I'm very sensitive. Um, very emotional. <laughs> and I I try to hide her because, I mean, it's those are not particularly... <clears throat> cool things to be right now so if you're any bit any bit emotional or sensitive like might as well just like (laughs) go put your face in a flower pot because that's like the farthest you're gonna go (laughs) but once I kind of grew to love her and given gave her away the shame of her and really giving that person that was kind of mean and loud and aggressive and that was totally not a reflection of who I am giving that person love and saying look like I kind of like it at the Tasmanian folk blizzard they just like blizz you were like a blizzard and it's okay and just like blizzard off the cliff and don't ever come back (laughs) don't ever come back and once I was able to kind of put in that visualization of it um it was it made me so much more grounded in, in who I want to be and that's when I really started loving myself it was in that moment where I decided I said you know what I I don't want to be that person you know I'll give her love if something if some of her comes back slowly and will slowly move and grow but we we're not that's not who you are you know who you're not Nicole and so and I started growing and then sooner and sooner you just feel this elation and you realize that Who you were was always with you, and you just had to get rid of all the protections. And you have to own being fully vulnerable with the world and fully vulnerable. Um, Not, I think, too, like I said in my third, my second, last blog, like I did the blog, I did the blog when I was 2013, and I definitely know that that kind of vulnerability was not true, and it was really detrimental, actually, for me. I thought, I think it actually made... The situation worse, <laughs> um, and I definitely don't recommend anyone that is going through anything difficult do that either. Just but differentiating, I think, between healthy vulnerability and unhealthy vulnerability was so poignant for me. Where being truly vulnerable is, you know, not as being your goofy self, and then you realize that not everyone deserves that vulnerability because people do take your vulnerability and will use it against you. And so you have to be strong enough about the about your own faults and your own problems that you know exactly when you're good, when you're bad and there's no there's no limiting boundary. Like you know exactly what you're dealing with. And that's the only way you can be truly vulnerable with with a lot of boundaries and a lot of self-awareness because without those two things it's very dangerous and Not everyone has the best intentions, sorry I hate to break it to everyone, but not everyone's great, and um, it can be detrimental, so you just have to be very clear on your boundaries and other people's boundaries and making sure that you are respectful of those things before um, you can be fully vulnerable with people. and I've done both. I've been super I've been super vulnerable. I spent the last two years being totally shut down, like, on autopilot, and I hate it. <laughs> I absolutely hated it, and I realized that there's no choice for me. Like, I'm either 100% me or um, I'm not living my life. So I decided to throw that one out. <laughs> but I'm going to end this because I, I don't want to get too into my head, and I can come off really loud, and I don't want to come off aggressive to anyone (laughs) that was one thing that really hurt my feelings when I was younger was when someone says yeah Nicole like you're really aggressive I was like I hate that (laughs) I don't want to be aggressive (laughs) like but maybe I was (laughs) maybe that was true (laughs) I had to laugh at this point too because the more I laugh about it and laugh about her and you know like anyone who's listening that knew me, knew me when I was younger, I was a totally different person in college where, I mean, if I'm honest about it, um, there's some people I would probably never speak to me again, which is like totally fine. Or I would honestly think I'm an insane person, which is also fine. And once I kind of came to that revelation, I was like, you know what, Nicole, I'm so proud of you, but there's going to be people that will always think you're insane. And I was ah! like, Gracie shh boo boo I was like you know what all right I'm okay with that I will I will strive forward and if some people think I'm insane well you know it's fine because we're all a little insane (laughs) anyway so I'll end it here but Gracie's getting riled up but um Gracie stop it sweetie stop um but yeah, have a great night, guys. Um, this is Nicole, the 150 Roses. That was fun. I've been coming back with my personality, which is great. Sorry if my octave was loud or was a little bit high pitched. <laughs> I don't know. I sometimes get my, my personality going. It's hard to um, have the best tonalities all the time, but I'm learning how to moderate <laughs> and not go on autopilot. Alright, great guys. Have a great day. This is Nicole. Um, talk to you soon. Bye. Hi. Um, it's Nicole Brandt <laughs> with my third episode of um 150 Roses it's Monday and it's the quarantine um I'm in New York City my roommate's in Idaho so I'm all by myself it was super eerie today because it was raining and then um it's quarantine so there's just like no one on the streets which is so bizarre for New York City um and yeah it was an interesting day um And on my run, I was on a run, and, like, something came to my brain. Um, What I want to talk about. Gracie, stop. What I want to talk about. um, And it was about um, identity. And uh, identity is is so weird for me because I've never really had, like, a finite identity. Um, It's always been you know growing up in texas you know grandfather from iran mom overseas dad from midwest so i've always like had to adapt to other cultures and i never have been able to just be like not having to understand cultural norms of somewhere else that i can just literally be myself and people just kind of respond to what you present i'm living new york the past year like all the weird, I don't know how they say it, like facades or like cultural norms I have, with you know, different parts of the Midwest and ta- parts of the South, like the pleasantries, like in New York, like there's just no, there's like no pleasantries. So I've been able to just really unpack like my true identity. And it's honestly been so great. Um, and as I'm unpacking that, as long as running day, I realized that who I was the last, you know, most of college and like later high school was, was totally, um, part of my false persona, false ego. And because I, it took me a long time to really accept what happened in college because it was... So shameful and I have a lot of embarrassment from it, um, honestly. And anyone who's listening to this podcast from college, God bless her soul. <laughs> I was a I was a lot. I was a lot in college. And um and that being said, I there was a lot of shame I, I carried for almost two years like after college because of just how I was so uncharacteristic to like my truest self. And um, but like not like i i i I really realized too, in this run where like I was thinking about identity and like you know part of me always feels like I have to like be you know like i know i I don't have to be that girl I don't have to hate her either. I think that was what was so hard after college was when I went through this whole like mental like most depressed like a mental breakdown, and like I became not the best person to be around at all, and After college, unpacking it and all the bad relationships and failed friendships and just kind of the mess I made in college. um, I wanted to run away from it and I just felt so shameful. I sat in a lot of shame and I realized on this run that I, today and other times I have as well, but I realized I couldn't shame her anymore, that I had to forgive her. And this is when I think the biggest breakthroughs I've had is with any, anyone that has any insecurity issues or went through a bad time or had a bad year. We all have things that we're ashamed of or people that we were once ashamed of. And um, having ability, I think, was this, like where I found a lot of this like self-mothering from me was when I decided, you know what, Nicole, like we're gonna have to forgive her. We don't know what was said. You can't really apologize your way out of it. You know, what is done is done. You dealt your cards. You did the best you could for what you, for the tools you had in the shed box, you know, and you gotta move on. And once I told myself that, okay, you have to move on. You have no choice. You can sit here and dwell on your shame and how you, with what was done is done. You know, people's opinions of you are are where they lay and um, it was so freeing because now I was allowed to be who I truly am and who I want to be and who I'm proud of being, and it was great. And I realized um, what was missing because I wasn't always bad in college. I just had some real, a really bad year and some pretty bad moments. And I think sometimes I was mean, um, and I didn't mean to be mean, but I was mean. And, um, coming out of it and accepting it for what it is and, like, trying to rebuild myself from the ground up, um, I realized that most of the time, all that icky, gross stuff I didn't like about myself was protecting myself from my vulnerability, my true vulnerability, um, of me being a little bit incompetent, (laughs) like, a little bit dorky, um, I'm very artistic, I'm very sensitive, um, very emotional. <laughs> and I I try to hide her because I mean it's those are not particularly <clears throat> cool things to be right now. So if you're any bit any bit emotional or sensitive, like might as well just like <laughs> go put your face in a flower pot, because that's like the farthest you're gonna go. <laughs> But once I kind of grew to love her and given gave her away the shame of her and real, giving that person that was kind of mean and loud and aggressive and that was totally not a reflection of who I am. Giving that person love and saying, look, like, I kind of like the Tasmanian folk blizzard. They just like blizz, you were like a blizzard and it's okay. And you just like blizzard off the cliff and don't ever come back. <laughs> don't ever come back. <laughs> And once I was able to kind of put in that visualization of it, um, it was, it made me so much more grounded in, in who I want to be. And that's when I really started loving myself. It was in that moment where I decided, I said, you know what? I, I don't want to be that person. You know, I'll give her love if some, of, if some of her comes back slowly and will slowly move and grow. But we we're not that's not who you are you know who you're not nicole and so and i started growing and then sooner and sooner you just feel this elation and you realize that who you were was always with you and you just had to get rid of all the protections and you have to own being fully vulnerable with the world and fully vulnerable um not i think too like i said in my third my second last blog like i did the blog i did the blog when i was 2013 and i definitely know that that kind of vulnerability was not true and it was really detrimental actually for me i thought i think it actually made the situation worse (laughs) um and i definitely don't recommend anyone that is going through anything difficult do that either just but differentiating i think between healthy vulnerability and unhealthy vulnerability was so poignant for me, where being truly vulnerable is, you know, not as being your goofy self, and then you realize that not everyone deserves that vulnerability, because people do take your vulnerability and will use it against you, and so you have to be strong enough about the, about your own faults and your own problems that you know exactly when you're good, when you're bad, and there's no, there's no limiting boundary, like you know exactly what you're dealing with and that's the only way you can be truly vulnerable with with a lot of boundaries and a lot of self-awareness because without those two things it's very dangerous and not everyone has the best intentions sorry I hate to break it to everyone but not everyone's great and um, it can be detrimental so you just have to be very clear on your boundaries and other people's boundaries, and making sure that you are respectful of those things before um, you can be fully vulnerable with people. Um, and I've done both. I've been super. I've been super vulnerable. I spent the last two years being totally shut down, like on autopilot, and I hate it. <laughs> I absolutely hated it. And. I realized that there's no choice for me. Like, I'm either 100% me or um, I'm not living my life. So, I decided to throw that one out. <laughs> but I'm going to end this because I, I don't want to get too into my head and I can come off really loud and I don't want to come off aggressive to anyone. <laughs> that was one thing that really hurt my feelings when I was younger was when someone says, Yeah, Nicole, like, you're really aggressive. I was like, I hate that (laughs) I don't want to be aggressive (laughs) like but maybe I was (laughs) maybe that was true (laughs) I had to laugh at this point too because the more I laugh about it and laugh about her and you know like anyone who's listening that movie knew me when I was younger I was a totally different person in college where I mean if I'm honest about it um there's some people I would probably never speak to me again, which is like totally fine. Or I would honestly think I'm an insane person, which is also fine. And once I kind of came to that revelation, I was like, you know what, Nicole, I'm so proud of you, but there's going to be people that will always think you're insane. And I was <laughs> like, Gracie, shh, boo boo. I was like, you know what? All right. I'm okay with that. I will, I will strive forward. And if some people think I'm insane, well, you know, it's fine because we're all a little insane <laughs> anyway so i'll end it here but gracie's getting riled up but um gracie stop it sweetie stop um but yeah have a great night guys um this is nicole the 150 roses that was fun. I've been coming back my personality, which is great. Sorry if my octave was loud or I was a little bit high-pitched. <laughs> I don't know. I sometimes get my, my personality going. It's hard to um, have the best tonalities all the time, but I'm learning how to moderate <laughs> and not go on autopilot. All right, great, guys. Have a great day. This is Nicole. Um, talk to you soon. Bye.